and the mutilations continue. Between May 1979 and January 1980, over 30 cattle in Canada had reportedly suffered this strange fate. Iowa had eight reported mutilations in the last months of 1979. That's a good way to start. Welcome back to Rock Hard Caucus, everyone. This is episode 113. Uh, I'm here with uh, two of my friends. Uh, Alan is here. Um, Alan, are you are you going to say this is your first time or not? First time, long time. Okay. This is Alan's first time on the show, not his 13th time on the show. No. <laughs> why would I Why would I ever come on a podcast? I did check the records to make sure that this is not your 13th time. It is your first time on That's the program. Correct. So welcome back for the first time, Alan. Thanks. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm happy to be speaking with you today. And making his, uh, I believe, only second appearance on the show, so twice as many as Alan, uh... <laughs> Uh, a man who I encountered in public earlier today reading The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, Oliver. Welcome back. What's up? Good to be back. Um, I definitely cried at the end in the coffee shop where you saw me, you know, when uh, Sam and Frodo leave all by themselves. It's it's super touching. You know, I made a, I made a fool of myself in public. <laughs> you they were love pretty each close other. to the end when I saw you. It's okay for the boys to, you know, share a heartfelt moment between each other. Yeah, Sam and Frodo, they have many heartfelt boys moments, you know. <laughs> they have quite a few of them. I'll be honest, I've never actually read uh, the those fil- those books, those films, those, those, uh, <laughs> those books is what I haven't read. And um, I'll just say, uh, I'm for it, though, you know? I'm, I'm cool with it. Very pro-books, you know? Very pro reading, specifically uh, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. You know, people are always saying that about me, and they're right. <laughs> uh, so to, to get things started today, I have a, a real bummer topic, but it is like the biggest thing that has happened recently in Iowa. Um, the Davenport building collapse, which happened uh, at the end of May. Uh, this was a big apartment building. It's got like 80 units in it and a bunch of retail space on the ground floor. The building is called the Davenport, uh, and it f- fell apart. Uh, <laughs> and before we discuss any of the details around like why that happened and like the action and inaction that led to the disaster, I do want to acknowledge the three men whose bodies were recovered from the disaster. That's Brandon Colvin, who was 42 years old, Ryan Hitchcock, who was 51, and Daniel Prien, who was 60. Um, these three guys were killed in the building collapse, uh, completely preventable deaths, uh, an absolute unnecessary tragedy that happened to these guys and their families. And it's, uh, we're going to talk about how we got there, I guess, today. Yeah, I think it's pretty stunning how um, badly the state and the, you know, city, so to speak, uh, has handled this, um, because I feel like the response has been, like, super slow and and very just strange. I mean, you guys went down there before yeah. they knew that they were, uh, there were three people that were killed? 
Yeah, well, the, uh, one of the reasons Oliver is on today, aside from just being a, a fun guy to talk to, uh, we happened <laughs> to both be in Davenport last week in the aftermath of the building collapse. And that so that was uh, last Tuesday, the day after Memorial Day, at which time they they knew, I believe, two two people were unaccounted for. That was Brandon Colvin and Ryan Hitchcock. And I think they were they were saying actually five people were missing at the time, but we knew two of them by name. Yeah, th- this whole thing was going on. Um, I saw the protests starting, you know, people holding up signs, you know, after the collapse because that that said, find them first. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then and then I started reading about it. And the city sent out an email saying that they were going to demolish the building the the next morning, which I believe was Monday morning. Um, Monday is when the email went out, yeah. Yeah, Monday morning is when the email went out. And I thought I was going crazy because, I mean, it was just it, it was just kind of unthinkable. Like I was like, okay, am am I going crazy? Like it's it, it, this 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 doesn't like uh, track with all the other like any other time that a, a collapse happens around the world. You know, um, you know, like people search for days and weeks for these people. You know, like but they're just like actually we're just gonna you know we're we're just gonna who gives a fuck about these guys you know we're just gonna <laughs> demolish go the building right and now I, yeah, yeah. And, and so that's why i went down there and to like just see what was going on and and just to try to talk to some of these people and to add my voice to that you know concern because uh the city was not giving clear answers for the longest time and you know they flat out said we think that there, there, there's at least two people in the rubble but they're probably dead, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. they tried. They tried to backtrack after in a press release saying that, "Oh, we were just setting up. We were just setting up for demo. We weren't mm-hmm. actually going to demolish." But and then the reporter asked a follow up question or followed up by saying, "Well, actually, here's the email that says you were going to demolish it." And then the mayor was just like, "I didn't write it." <laughs> I didn't send that email. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but anyways, uh, yeah, it, it it was just kind of an unthinkable situation that kind of made me lose my mind for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it happened. Yeah, I think it was the day before uh, Memorial Day is when the building came down. And then I was like casually following the news. And then like right before I was going to go to bed, I saw that they were like going to knock the building down in 12 hours. And then they found, or uh, well, they didn't find, but Lisa Brooks was just waving out of her apartment window, and the crowd who had gathered around the building saw her. And this was after the the city was like, "We're gonna knock this down as soon as possible." And oh, hey, there's a living woman inside the building waving to us. Uh, and this was after they said, "Oh yeah, there's no one alive in there. We used dogs, like we used." Right. Uh, we use dogs, we use thermal technology, we flew drones around, you know, like, and so we're certain no one's in there. And then some ladies just like, oh, I was hanging out in the bathtub, what's going on? You know? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, and then some people were rightly like, okay, so why are you sure now that no one's in the building? <laughs> right, who else might be in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, how many of these people are missing you know, what the hell's going on? Like, to me, I can understand, like, saying, hey, we're going to be demolishing this building, but, like, it's clear that they were just, like, totally inept in the response to this, right? Like, 
Like, yeah, of course you're going to, you know, bring down an unsafe building. But really, is that the first thing that you should really go to when uh, there's people still, like, in the rubble? Like, shouldn't this be, like, a search and rescue? Like, hey, we're we're focused on, you know, uh, finding these people and figuring out what's going on. And it's like, none of that. Radio right. silence. Oh, we're knocking down the building. Yeah, and I mean, the, the at least Brandon Colvin's family was right there outside the building. And they're saying, like, yeah, we're going to knock this down right in front of you <laughs> without ever even talking to any of you while we were there on tuesday they had a press conference where a relative of ryan hitchcock spoke and basically like went along with everything the city was saying and was saying like i know my cousin's dead knock that building down it was very strange um but the reason i bring it up is because uh, ryan hitchcock is white and Brandon Colvin is black, and none of his family were allowed to speak or even be present for the the press conference. So there's just a very stark um, racial disparity there. This building, of course, and many of the properties owned by Andrew Wold, who is the slumlord who caused this to happen, uh, a lot of black people live in his buildings. Uh, he, from what I was told by, by a a resident of another of his properties. Um, he does not check credit and he specifically courts tenants who are on like social security, disability, stuff like that. Uh, he, he's preying on people who don't have a lot of means, but who have like a guaranteed monthly income that he can then siphon away from them. So there's a lot of poor people in his buildings. And, uh, that's why I think he was allowed to get away with, neglecting the building for so long is because who's going to get hurt? Just some poor people. And I think it's really interesting, you know, from, from, you know, talking to you guys who are down there and I, I've spent some time in the quad cities, you know, the big old, the big old cities. And, uh, I don't, I don't really remember this building, but like, there's actually five uh, of them, five quad cities. Yeah. And it's just interesting that, um, it's right by city hall. No. Yeah. Like unbelievably close. When I got there, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe <laughs> like the West Wall is the one that fell down and you can see it from the front door of City Hall, like probably all their office windows like they can see this building that's just been deteriorating for years right in front of them. And they just like they send these like code violations and all these like, quote unquote, final notices about the state of this building they're watching it fall down and they never actually like intervene in any meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, w would be good to bring up this lawsuit that has come out of this, um, uh, which got posted uh, to Twitter. I, I don't recall who posted it. I apologize. But uh, Ty, Ty Rushing of IO Starting Line shared this 89-page lawsuit on Google Drive. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I, I would recommend people go and read it because the like narrative on it is pretty good. Um, but it's very impressive uh, how inept and how long that this has been going on. And it's like uh, standard landlord just paint over it. And, yeah. uh, you know, make it look like it's, uh, it's good to go and keep on charging. Yeah. yeah the land, giving it the landlord special for sure, but on <laughs> a catastrophic scale. I mean, it, the amount of like just talking to these tenants, you know, they, cause a lot of them, like they were just like, all of our stuff's in there. We have nothing. We're just yeah. sitting here waiting, waiting on some word. Like I, I talked to one person who only had to his name because of this, his like 
phone charger, phone, and car, and work uniform. So he even had to go, he said, to TJ Maxx to buy more clothes. So he didn't mm-hmm. just have to wear his work uniform around. And they're just sitting there, and they're like, we saw this coming. Like, this building was trash, like, noticeably trash. And this guy had not shown up to many requested court appearances for violations. And they knew that nothing was going to happen. And I don't know, the the worst case scenario happened. And then there were also people who live in their other his other properties that were now like, man, our building sucks too. We're scared to go home. You know, we mm-hmm. like turned off the gas in our building without even, you know, <laughs> because we're scared it's going to blow up. Um, and I would be scared too, for sure. Yeah. 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 Some of the photos in this lawsuit are pretty stunning. Like, and, and some of them are pretty old, right? Where it's like, oh, this has been going on for years and it's like, just paint over it. Uh, you know, uh, don't worry about the massive interior damage that's happening. Uh, that's clear structural problems. And, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Mask it from the outside, sort of half acidly and <laughs> no one will notice what's happening. Yeah. yeah, this the stuff in the lawsuit, there's photos that date back to 2020. So uh, at the very least, you know, like three years of total neglect. Um, l- let me list the uh, this is one of, I think, three lawsuits that have uh, made the news regarding this. Um, the plaintiffs or sorry, the defendants. I don't really need to name the plaintiff. That's the kind of weird to just say her name. But it, she was a resident of the building, of course. The defendants are Andrew Wold and then two of his companies, Davenport Hotel LLC and Andrew Wold Investments LLC, uh, all of which have the same address in Bettendorf on West Harbor Drive. You can find it if you're interested. Uh, And then uh, other defendants are Select Structural Engineering LLC, which is a, a company out of Cedar Rapids. And from reading the lawsuit, uh, Select Structural Engineering's employee, David Valier, uh, inspected the building, I think, starting late 2022, if I remember the timeline right. And he called for emergency supports and shoring of that wall that was falling down in order to prevent, like, any further damage once they've begun necessary repairs. Yeah, uh, I, I think we should back up that, like, okay, what what kind of happened was this building w- was kind of falling apart when this guy bought it. And yes, yes. Th- they had been giving uh, the owners of the previous building, which was some, like, Waukee company, uh, I think it yes, was. Waukee Investments, which is also headquartered in Bettendorf, so I don't know why they're called that. Yeah, so anyway, these folks uh, sold the building to this new landlord, uh, Mr. Wold, and... It, it was already kind of having major structural problems and it needed serious repair. And so they had called for, you know, like the bottom of the, the, the brick wall was basically collapsing. And so it needed to be, uh, you know, really replaced entirely. Um, but, you know, that would be very expensive. And so, mm-hmm. um, over time it had been getting more and more damaged and basically, he had painted over the wall um, to to mask some of these problems and then uh, eventually got the lowest bidder to start a repair. Yeah, yeah. The lowest bidder that you're referring to, I believe, is uh, Bi-State Masonry, who are based in Rock Island. Uh, and they, they began working on that wall without installing the bracing that uh, Select Structurals engineer had said would 
basically be a requirement in order to prevent like injury and you know catastrophe uh and then by state masonry they requested like a change in their work order with andrew wold so that they could uh continue working in accordance with cities uh the city's uh historical uh yeah the historical preservation, <laughs> preservation. laws yeah 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 but i think you know i think they also probably needed uh you know more showering and more money you know that you know that was probably a ploy to be like hey uh this is more complicated than what you you know we initially you know got into um mm-hmm. not to you know say that they aren't uh you know liable for this either but uh right. it's pretty amazing how how they got to this point yeah yeah so they they requested you know you're going to have to pay more for this. This is a bigger project, uh, and we need to follow these city requirements. And uh, they were promptly fired from the job. <laughs> and this is the craziest thing, to me anyway. As soon as he fired them, Andrew Wold then, he, it seems, the way it's presented in this lawsuit, that he just went outside and found like the nearest construction crew and started talking to them about doing it. Because this guy, uh, Ryan Schaefer, was working on a nearby building, and Andrew Wold just went to him and asked him for a quote to then fix the wall that he had just fired the people who were working on it. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive uh, quote the way that they set this up. Do you have like a quote you want to read from the lawsuit about that? Uh, no, I'll have to. Okay. I'll have to find it. Sorry. But speaking of quote, uh, Ryan Schaefer quoted Andrew Wold fifty thousand dollars for the job, and uh, Wold said that was too much. And Schaefer also said, like, there needs to be structural reinforcements in order for us to work on this wall. And Wold didn't want to pay for that. <laughs> and and I think he said, or people will die, or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, yeah. And he was right. Yeah, and he was also in the news for, you know, uh, following up and trying to warn people that the, the building was going to collapse the way that they were, you know, performing the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, because to go to the next part of the story, uh, it seemed like he went and found an additional lower bid, and they actually began working on the building, uh, which then preceded this collapse. Because right. there are photos in this lawsuit of of the like brick facade being removed and the inner layer of the brick being there, and just it looking like it's going to fall apart, which it did. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of there being like, uh, you know, actual st- structural supports to keep the th- whole thing from falling apart as you do your repairs, it seems like they just leaned some two by fours up against the building <laughs> that weren't doing anything. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, damning series of pictures. And I think some of those photos were actually taken by the city. Um mm-hmm. And they, you know, kind of uh, approved all this work happening, or at least they came out and inspected it and were like, oh, okay, here are these photos we're taking. And they just shrugged their shoulders and walked away. Yeah, well, keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah, you got some duct tape holding it up. It's fine. You know, you can... <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's just um, at every point, there, there were so many points in this event where something could have been done. There were so many, so many opportunities for someone to either do the necessary repairs or to evacuate or is something, you know, for the residents to actually be told the proper situation and then they could make the judgment call themselves anything. They, there were so many points and they failed at all of them. Yeah. And rightfully so, 
they're going to get sued into oblivion. The city, the companies, you know, Andrew Wold, hopefully he loses everything and goes to prison. You know, I mean, yeah, it seems like this (laughs) becomes a criminal matter in some way or form. And I've been wondering, you know, I'm obviously not a lawyer, but I'm wondering what specific charge, like some type of criminal neglect charge would even be plausible in this situation. Yeah, that, this lawsuit seems to be mostly about neglect, and they're like suing for their own personal damages. But yep. there has to be something like, you know, from I mean, he killed people essentially. There has to be some kind of like manslaughter charges or something that they can pin on him. You would think so, you know. But I mean, and maybe they'll try to do something like that to save face by them. I mean, like the state apparatus, like city prosecutors, everything. But they, yeah. you know, government. they the government, yeah. But I mean. They, they. I mean, honestly, like, I just don't think they actually give a fuck. You know, they have to do something, like I said, to save yep. face, but they could have done something to prevent it from happening if they actually cared, if they didn't treat landlords with little kid gloves. You know, they were putting people's lives in danger, and prosecutors will charge people on weed crimes. You know, they'll take them to court and then, you know, send them to jail, but somebody who's endangering 80 people and all the like the people below who have the businesses that were also in this building mm-hmm. you know um the, the workers i mean like it's insane yeah. at, at every level uh how uh poorly this looks for everyone mm-hmm. and i to my knowledge only except one for the tenants for sure has resigned <laughs> yeah the city yes. the city, city inspector. inspector uh yep. her name is in here but it, there's 89 pages i'll remind you so <laughs> we yeah, may come to sure. that at some point um so I, I also you know before we get too too far into the details i did want to commend uh quad city times reporters sarah watson grace kinnicutt and gretchen teske who Great. were oh yeah and still are uh tweeting like all the time they've been like in the area keeping track of like the like the work that's being done and like the status of the building and all the press conferences and all of the gatherings that have been outside the building to both protest and like do vigils and stuff for the the victims of this catastrophe they have been doing really good work they've been out there for days in the super hot in this you know super hot weather um and you know you can tell that they actually give a shit you know and Mm -hmm. they want to help hold these people accountable also um Zach Orrin Smith from IPR did good stuff too. Yeah. Regarding this. Um, yeah, I mean, this type of investigative journalism that arises with these local newspapers are something that I that we should value more as a society because they do these things, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the yeah. local level in, you know. So yeah, definitely. I've been following those all all, all of those reporters this whole time and they've just been constantly on top of it uh amy rivers from io starting line was also present on the day that oliver and i were there and she interviewed briefly she she got a couple quotes from a guy that i had been talking to all day his name was joshua and i feel like uh we are in the position to repeat some things that we heard from uh andrew Walt's tenants and people who had worked for him and stuff like that I think we can sort of relay some of the stuff that they said more freely than some of the more, quote, legitimate uh, press organizations. Um, for example, Joshua told me that he first met Andrew Wold 
when uh he joshua he he's spent some time you know in prison and stuff for stuff in his past and uh i think he said this was about five years ago he was staying at a homeless shelter and he said that andrew wold arrived and just picked up a few guys who were staying at the shelter to come with him and do some work on one of his properties so these this is the kind of operation that andrew wold is running where instead of paying like a proper wage to people with the equipment the skills the experience necessary to take care of his 100 plus year old buildings he was uh cutting as many corners as possible finding the most easily exploited people he could to pay them as little as possible to do less than the bare minimum to maintain you're telling me a landlord would do that justin (laughs) can you believe it (laughs) can you yeah it's shocking shit and like you you know that some hand-wringing like liberals and the quad cities would see something like that like oh this this wonderful landlord giving these downtrodden people an opportunity <laughs> to lift themselves up by their bootstraps and give them a chance after they went to prison you know and that and give them places to live it doesn't matter yeah. that the places to live are literally deadly it, yeah I, yeah it infuriates me this guy i'm making up in my head that i know exists <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it couldn't be that he's finding the people that uh, society as a whole gives the least of a shit about so he can mistreat them as much as possible and get away with it. <laughs> and let's not just talk about the people who died. Like, you know, there was this couple that lived there and there was a woman who was pinned in the debris and had to have her leg amputated on site in the building to get freed from the debris. Yeah. And I mean, and her wife, like, was able to go up there and you know talk to her for a second to comfort her but like if you read um the article i think it was a qc times article that i read about it um Mm -hmm. i I think that was the first time that that was like reported because initially it was like the initial reporting was like well this building fell down and one person got injured and other than that you know no big deal i don't think anyone mm -hmm. knew when we were there that that had happened right the only thing that uh was alluded to the fact before the whole, you know, gruesome details were released, I think, was during the initial press conference that the city of Davenport gave um, on this. The mayor was on this rant about how the protesters (laughs) stop attacking the first responders. You can attack me like they performed surgery in the building and they great peril to themselves. And I was like, wait a minute, they performed surgery (laughs) in the building. Like, um, but and that was also just a weird thing of him trying to portray protesters as like somehow questioning the bravery of firefighters, you know, to try to make them look bad or something. Like there's so <laughs> this unreasonable mob that's making fun of these heroes. And it's like, no, that information literally had not been communicated to anyone that any right. of this had mm-hmm. happened. It's like, oh, it turns out the woman got her, you know, leg amputated. Come on. Like, people are very receptive to the people in the building. That's who they are entirely focused on. Right. I mean, most yeah. of what we saw in terms of first responders is, like, 25 cops just standing around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I will say that people started to get mad at the cops because, I mean, imagine, like, there were so many family members of people there. Imagine if you knew your your father, your cousin, your uncle, whatever, was like, under the rubble that you can see with your own eyes 
and nothing happens all day. Like Justin yeah. and I were there for so many hours and just, like the pile of rubble was not touched and people were just getting more and more like, Hey, like our guy is in there. Like w- if you would let us, we would all go do it. Like, and you cops are just standing around. And if we try to go do that, you will arrest us. And people were trying, starting to like, I think more and more like realize that, um dynamic that was going on and people started to get really mad you know yeah um there was at least one rightfully so in my opinion who did get arrested like a day or two after we were up there i, I don't know if anyone else tried to get to the building and was arrested or not interesting i didn't know that yeah i did see that as well but it, it does seem like things have turned around a little bit i mean they have seemed to be communicating a little bit more and you know doing the search and rescue seems to seems to be at least headed in the right direction versus um you know the total chaos that was the beginning however it is very interesting that uh you know our our, our lady kim reynolds is also you know getting getting ron DeSantis help and uh, uh and trying to get federal money too. for it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's strange. I mean, what's so frustrating is like, you know, how poorly they're communicating and how much they're not telling the public. And there's this like weird contradiction between the urgency at the beginning where they were like, we have to demo the rest of this building as soon as possible because it poses a threat to the surrounding area and how slowly everything happened after there was like a public backlash against that. Like it just now the governor is calling for federal help. It's been like almost two weeks <laughs> and, and you were ready to knock it down ASAP. Like why, like, do you not know what you're doing? Is that the problem? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's clear there was no preparation at all. So, uh, that's probably the root of the problem is that like, you know, our public, public services have been totally gutted for any kind of emergency management. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, Cedar Rapids derecho where everyone was just like holding their dicks for the first couple of days going being like, Oh yeah, things are really bad, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Mike, yeah. so Mike Matson is the mayor of Davenport and, in those first couple of days, it was reminding me over and over of, uh, oh shit, now I can't remember his name. Who was, uh, mayor of Cedar Rapids during the derecho? Brad I can't Hart. Remember his, yeah, Brad Hart. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was reminding me a lot of that where he's just like getting frustrated with the press, asking him questions. And like, I didn't send that email. Like, uh, he's both like trying yeah. to, trying to say like, the responsibility is mine. I'm the one who you should be angry at, but also saying, I didn't send that email. Like it's not my fault, <laughs> but don't be mad. Just a totally floundering, just like someone who, who comes from like just a business background is not at all equipped to handle an angry public. It should not be in this position of elected office anyway. <laughs> yeah. The, there was, as Alan put it, the there was lots of dick holding going on <laughs> in like the initial Davenport thing, just like the derecho. I mean, it like I, I can't. That's a perfect way to put it. I mean, it is just like contradictory, like what you were saying, just one thing after the other, crazy miscommunications, um, and just this general attitude of kind of like resentment. I got a little bit. Um, of like you like the reporters asking questions like the public having questions um about like these timelines that didn't match up and i mean yeah you had the fire marshal go up there during that initial press conference and just start like crying he mm-hmm. cried for like do you remember that he cried for like minutes and then you had one 
I think one inspector get up there and just kind of like pound his fist on the thing. He's like, the debris pile is holding up the rest of the building. We can't look. Uh, yeah, it's just a very odd reaction. Yeah. Uh, I got the name in front of me. The city inspector who has resigned is uh, Trishna Pradhan, P-R-A-D-H-A-N. Uh, so far, I think the only person to resign over this debacle. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't mention um, Andrew Wold has been fined $300 so far as a result of this. So he's he's paying his dues. <laughs> And there's reporting that, yeah, I was going to say there's reporting that he also, you know, like hasn't really paid a bunch of other of his fines and has been, you know, fined before. Yeah, we a were habitual told offender by, by one of his tenants that he he skips court dates all the time and has never been further punished for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously this man, like, I I don't see him making it out of this with any money. Um, hopefully maybe that's just optimistic thinking on my part, but yeah, the $300 fine from the city, it's just like, I don't know. You might as well, well not have fined him anything. That's more insulting than anything. You know? 300 big ones. I think it is only yeah. served to anger people because I mean, it can't yeah. be the, the only consequence, but to just only put that out there and not really say anything else. Right. <laughs> again, is like, like the context for it. Right. Yeah. Like, is this it? Like, is this the only action the city is going to take? Uh, does this really cover the damage? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh, and we forgot to mention the the Kim Reynolds stimmies that were going to each of the um, residents of the building. The governor, I, I, I don't know what fund it came out of, just like some emergency fund, like just the each uh, allegedly, I think it was like, what, 5000 dollars each person 5500 from the state and then the city also said they're going to give them 6000 each oh wow i think it's two separate things well hopefully that's just the beginning yeah yeah i haven't heard it or read anything about like the process there like how are they going to get that money and what hoops are they going to have to jump through yeah if you You're probably going to means test it. Yeah. If you if you rent, you're supposed to have uh, renter's insurance, which, uh, you know, we love <laughs> yeah, actually, a... you were breaking the law. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. love to have a privatized, uh, you know, uh, system, don't we, folks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're probably going to be like, all right, to get this money, you have to prove that you're working at least 30 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to have to send some pay stubs. Prove that you lost more than x amount of money in the you know that right <laughs> i would be surprised your, uh, impeccable record keeping i'm sure which you kept oh. at a separate location not in the building itself we're gonna need three uh, bank statements um, yeah and also you know what i was told by one of his tenants is you know he accepts like cash payments so like who knows like what kind of income some of these people have like they may may not be under perfectly legal circumstances either which is going to be weaponized against them in, in a situation like that yeah which is hopefully it's just no strings attached they're just like what's your bank routing number and they just send it to them yeah um but you know there is a phrase in this lawsuit that is really good like uh just a a beautiful eloquent phrase uh and it, it sort of lays out what el- what else is coming in the lawsuit is just called the timeline of Wold's outrageous neglect and apathy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, how else can you put it? 
Yeah, it's great. I mean, whoever wrote up this lawsuit was like really not pulling any punches. Like they're very clear the whole time that like he knew this was going to happen eventually. And the only reason he didn't take any action is because he doesn't care about the people who live in his building and he wants to make as much money as possible. That's more important to him than any any human life. Yeah, it just seems to me that he doesn't see his tenants as people. They're just kind of like weird flesh sacks that he gets money from. Which is just a leash off of them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it turned out to be fatal. Like, you know, it can through other means with landlords in this this way. But this is kind of like the more dramatic way. More explicit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what happens in the future to this man in particular. I mean, it's real. it really, it was nice to me that people kind of instantly knew, you know, people were like, yeah, this guy fucking sucks. Keel hall, the guy. And here's a picture of his house. (laughs) (laughs) And his ugly ass house. (laughs) It's so ugly, but it's like so big. Like it, it is atrocious. And, you know, hopefully he loses it. Yeah, and it, it, it's just it, like living in a house like that, and then being like, oh, "I can't do this renovation because it's too much money." Sorry, <laughs> I only yes. I want to pay uh, fifty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars, not fifty thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah, thank you very much for my. You know how how many story building is this six story building? Six, I believe. Yeah, right. It's like oh my, you know, huge six story building. Uh, I can't afford that. L- let me let me do some math here. Let's just assume you know how many. It was eighty <laughs> units, right? I believe yeah. so, yes. Okay, let's just say 800 a month times 80. Oh, that's $64,000. Oh, so that's like Damn. one month of rent on that puppy? And that's yeah. only one of his buildings. Right. right. <laughs> one of his many properties, yeah. Yeah. I, I never did get a, a, like a number of like how much does he actually own. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> yeah. And well, he is, like, and I'm sure it's like we... the 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 corporate structure has been you know like uh, changed around recently and all sorts of other fuckery. So I'm sure it'll be very exciting, uh, you know, when the lawsuits uh, finally wrap up. Yeah, in this in this lawsuit alone, there's like his personal name and then two different LLCs involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's got to be shuffling stuff around. In interesting landlords ways. love to have faceless LLCs to <laughs> have money in. Yeah, all at the same address, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah, definitely a different entity. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised I haven't heard of any like vandalism on this guy's house. You know, everyone um, knows where it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not he even has like been a, doxed. <laughs> yeah, well, good. I I also was just like I gotta find out what this guy looks like so I know in my my brain has an image to dislike. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I haven't seen yeah, what he, he looked like. I I did I oh, did okay. Google him, but I was unsure which one was him. There was like a few years ago, there was like a puff piece about him. Um, it might have been in Quad City Times, but it might have been another local paper. But just about how he's like a, a you know a, an entrepreneur, <laughs> uh, an investor building up the city or whatever. And there's a picture of him. Uh, he kind of reminds me of like uh, Zelensky, the Ukrainian mm. president. He's got mm. this mm-hmm. got like a similar facial hair thing. But he's a little bit bigger than that guy. But he kind of to me, looks he like looks him. like he manages a Hooters. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, a good, yeah. like that's just, that's the vibe I get from this man. He's just like 
uh, managing the Hooters. And, you know, he has a lot to say about like sports betting. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> this is, that, that's his, you know, the look that he gives off. Sports yeah. betting in women's bodies. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So you haven't heard about any vandalism, but I did see, um, vandalism in terms of uh google reviews so i looked up (laughs) (laughs) i looked up the address in the lawsuit here which is andrew's personal home in bettendorf and somebody on google uh tagged that location as a public toilets and it currently has a one star rating so his classic uh, got him not good public toilets very bad public toilets Got the old Margaret Thatcher gravesite treatment. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. There there was one other thing I wanted to say about, you know, something that hasn't really been reported by the, the more legitimate press um, that I was hearing from a, a tenant who knows Andrew on a personal level. Um, so Andrew was described to me as a frat boy. He uh, does not know how to do anything you know he he hires out all of these like uh maintenance and repair jobs uh also sometimes to people who also don't know what they're doing but it's clear that he doesn't know how to do anything he just is a guy who has a bunch of money he inherited i was told 3 million dollars from his father uh, and uh, also a bunch of uh, properties and for the decade after his father's death he was just like partying all over the world spending as much of that three million dollars as possible and then at some point decided i'm going to come back to davenport my hometown and start buying up a bunch of shit and letting it deteriorate while i siphon as much money as possible from uh the residents of davenport (laughs) that's the history of this guy is what i've been told good gig if you can get it Small $3 million loan. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, He's a yeah, self-made man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can all be like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope, like, I, I mean, I mean, I just can't, it, I, I, I have to like suppress thinking about this man. Otherwise it, you know, I'm going to get multiple forms of cancer, but like he, <laughs> like the, just the overarching, like, I, I think this is one, like, the most egregious and one of the most uh all-encompassing tenant rights issue like just come to fruition you know just everything like this this relationship this you know tension between landlords and tenants you know this is just kind of like the the pinnacle of that struggle you know it's just actual death from the building itself due to neglect specifically in a low-income neighborhood, specifically in a neighborhood that has a high black population, because I can't. If this happened somehow to some um, bougie like condo building, like there's no way it's getting the same treatment. You know, no, you can't no. convince me that you know the city would react in the same way. And and we can see all of this uh, neglect on the part of the the landlord and. Uh, on the part of the city, just not caring, letting this guy get away with everything. Uh, and to me, that is an example of the biggest conspiracy that happens in America. The conspiracy among the ownership class, just the people who own all the property in the country, who also own all of the local governments. They're all the same people. 
they all conspire knowingly or just instinctually uh, to protect their own interests and to keep building up their own wealth at the expense of everyone else, namely the people who live in the properties that they own and neglect. This is, to me, a real vast conspiracy. Justin, you're using uh, conspiracy (laughs) in quotes. Just, I want everybody to be, uh, that's not watching on video to understand the <laughs> quotes. It's a conspiracy. It's, it, yeah, it's a conspiracy it, that is, isn't, you know, I mean, when people think you know, that is in, not uh, some, you know, broad daylight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy yeah, theory. Unspoken. It, it is a conspiracy. This is, this is a class of people protecting their own interests and like protecting each other because, you know, that's how the whole thing stays afloat. And an, an example of that is something that makes you think like people it don't want to think people don't want to believe, quote, conspiracy theories. But then there's stuff like this where uh, Robert H. Gallagher is the registered agent of Andrew Wald Investments and people who live in the Quad Cities and, and know the names of people in charge of the Quad Cities Robert H. Gallagher is the father of the present Bettendorf mayor, Bob S. Gallagher. And he's been mayor of Bettendorf since 2012. So this is like a guy who's been in office running the city of Bettendorf for years. And his father is the registered agent of Andrew Wold Investments, the guy who owns the building that collapsed after years of neglect and looking the other way from another attached city government so it's not so much that like i I don't know i mean they just they're all part of the same club and they let each other get away with shit because that's how they make their profit finally they would want the same to be done for them if they were in a pickle you know i mean it like like you said the conspiracy is literally just capitalism as a whole yeah Yeah. um and it you know it's it's not some like you know aliens did it thing it's just like it's the reality um that property and capital and money is more important to these people and maintaining that power and that relationship to people who aren't of the ownership class you know that is more important to them than the lives of these people Mm -hmm. and yeah (laughs) and the well-being of them yeah people don't want to view that as a criminal conspiracy because it's this is just the way things are done and it's all above board because they are the people who make the rules. Well, you mm-hmm. voted for them. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and not not only is uh, Robert H. Gallagher the father of the Bettendorf mayor, they also uh, practice at the same law firm, Gallagher, Millage, and Gallagher. So I don't want you to think that this is like an estranged father and son. Like they work together on a regular basis as well. So it's all this vast web of, of like elected people, people who own all the buildings. Justin, they have a healthy father-son relationship. I don't know why you're so <laughs> upset. I don't want to cast aspersion on the Gallaghers. Um, it, although, <laughs> I do know a pair of brothers named Gallagher who had a very contentious relationship. And uh, one of them toured as Gallagher too and stole the other's act. I don't know if you guys know about the water, the watermelon, the watermelon guys, Gallagher's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, look, I, I don't want to judge Bob and Robert, uh, Bob and Bob here for the uh, other troublesome Gallagher relationships. 
that's really funny. I didn't know there were two of them. <laughs> oh, you don't know about that? <laughs> I, I don't know I don't about know the about situation that. either, I don't think. Gallagher I mean, too. I think I may have heard about it, but uh, is he also bald and smash things? I think they look pretty much the same. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's one too many. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But Gallagher 2 is still alive, I think. So he won at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to move on to a, a bit of a lighter topic? Yes, please. Okay. Yes. I want to get my laughs in. Okay. Uh, you know Zach Walls, right? Zach Balls, yes. Mm-hmm. Zach Balls, yes. As I whack as alls, I overheard at the 2020 <laughs> uh, caucus in Coralville's first precinct. Got his ass. Let's just call him Whack Balls. <laughs> yeah, just take you it know, another step further. Just Whack Balls. <laughs> whack just balls. combine them. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if... Uh, if you are the person I overheard saying whack zolls in 2020 and you happen to listen to the podcast, feel free to reach out and I'll give you credit for that. It's pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that uh, our man Dexter, uh, who I'm the number one fan of, um, <laughs> he he made a good series of tweets about his... his uh, uh, what, what press was he on? The Iowa Press or something? Some interview? Yeah, yeah. Um, Iowa PBS does a show called Iowa Press, where they, I think I've interviewed Zach Walls multiple times. Uh, it's like OK Henderson and, and a couple other guys who just interview, like, important people in Iowa. And yes, Dexter Mershbrock of the Cedar Rapids School Board uh, took some clips from that interview. And, uh, you know, credit to him for watching the whole thing and picking out the interesting parts, because... I didn't yeah, I'm not going to make that. <laughs> yeah, not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, no way. Um, yeah, I value my health. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. Let me play uh, a couple clips from this for you. Um, the first one, uh, Zach says that legal weed is not a priority for him. I don't know if we need to listen to it really, but uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think that that would maybe benefit the, the Democratic Party of Iowa if they did make that a priority, legalizing weed? definitely yeah <laughs> like we're the party that's gonna make it legal to smoke weed like yeah duh that's gonna get voters you know it's gonna get people hyped to vote for your stupid asses yeah. you know it's like it's like a very popular thing in the united states now and it's clear by the sales in other states that it would be popular here and it's like that alone should make it obvious that they should be doing that. But it's like, no, we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about this other stuff, some of which is decent, but like a lot of it just is like, what? Yeah. He does say to his credit that he thinks that weed should be treated uh, like alcohol in terms of legal status. Uh, it's just not a priority for him is what he said. It does seem like an easy issue to push that. Would, yeah. Just be like, yeah, let's over. do it. Yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Uh, this clip, though, I did think was interesting enough to listen to. Plus, there'll be $3.5 billion in the taxpayer relief fund. Right. How would Democrats spend that money? So, you know, we've seen Republicans continue to underinvest in key uh, public safety uh, things. You look at the Department of Corrections. So in terms of priorities, those are his priorities. <laughs> I mean, when I think of progressive, you know, 
I, when I think of the progressive platform, I'm instantly like, yeah, okay, number one, prison. You know, we need to expand that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Democrats are for the prison guards. Um, yeah. So, you know. It's a worker issue. Exactly. You know? like, <laughs> it, it's it's a worker issue. They're understaffed. They're Yeah, no, this made me want to die when I heard it. It's just like, I after seeing the Democrats, the Iowa Democratic Party, like just shit the bed so much like just so much shit all over the bed in every like election after election after election like and then just like to keep doing this shit to just yeah, be, yeah actually like uh we love the cops we love prisons um and it would be and- one thing to like do like 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 have that as a as a as a thing that you're for but like as the thing that you want to talk about in Iowa press like the first First yeah. example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first thing that I want to do is uh, refund the police. <laughs> yeah, refund the police. They want to refund the prisons. Like I don't know. I I I think prison reform is like a a, a nice winning message. Honestly, in to be fair, they uh, were never defunded. But let's continue. Yeah, exactly. They were never defunded. The prisons just got more packed. And then exactly. they were like, oh, damn, we need more guards. Because of things um, like that first thing that was not a priority of his, legalizing drugs. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. The prisons get overfilled because you charge people with stuff that should not be a crime and you throw them yeah. in prison for life. Yeah, I mean, you can even like do the stupid, like, oh, we need to protect the corrections officers approach by being like, we need to protect them so they're not short-staffed by not having as many people in prison. You know, you can even do that approach, but instead they're like, I, it's just the first thing you think of when someone asks you, Mm -hmm. how are the Republicans failing now? (laughs) Not enough prison money. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did you not see the legislative session that just happened in Iowa? Did that not make you want to kill yourself? And like a a million things that happened. And it's, it's just mind blowing to me. I don't know what the fuck this guy's thinking. Um, I, I remember like Zach Walls kind of like sprung into the limelight um, when he gave like an impassioned speech to the Iowa legislator, I think. Yeah. Um, regarding his, is when that happened. Regarding his two moms, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And I was like, damn, this guy rocks. You know, like, you're my hero, dude. You know, I'm 2011. Like, I really hope gay marriage gets legalized or, I, you know, it, whatever the timeline of that was it, it was legal and here just, but not nationally and they were trying not to nationally yeah. trying to reverse it here okay yeah that makes sense um I, yeah i was like watching those proceedings as like a high schooler being mm-hmm. like yeah this guy rocks like he has a bright future and then it's just kind of like is black pilling a little bit to just like now see him being like yeah we need as leader of the senate minority we need lesbian <laughs> prison guards yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Well, okay, in terms of his bright future, let me play one more clip related oh, to Oh, yeah, that. we need to get and into then it. We can, then we can get to the breaking news. But here's something about his uh, his aspirations first. Let's talk about you. Um, do you ever mm-hmm. have um, an interest in running for Congress? I will not be running for the U.S. House in 2024. I'm really enjoying my work in the Senate, and I'm going to stay focused there. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so he's not running for Congress, and he really likes his job. As the Senate Minority Leader, which he had until last night. (laughs) (laughs) Right after he did this interview, or right after it aired anyway, within days, uh, 
the Senate Democrats convened to kick him out as the leader. <laughs> they replaced him unanimously with um, whoa. Yeah, did you not see this story today? Uh, I did not. Pam Yoakum is now the uh, Senate Minority Leader for the Democrats in Iowa. And, and do we know anything about her? I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not super woke on these whole you know, state <laughs> legislatures. I don't know anything about her really, other than that she has been in the legislature forever. I think 1993 is when she got elected to the the Iowa House. So she's just someone yep, who's been super there forever. Promising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this will be great for the Democrats. Yeah, they replaced somebody who, while I don't like him most of the time, he was like our age and like somewhat in touch with like, you know, progressive priorities, even if he does not share them or (laughs) advocate for them, really. Uh, And they replaced him with uh, a 68 year old who has been in the legislature for, you know, 30 years. It doesn't mean she's bad, but it, it does mean they're sort of regressing in terms of like, you know, who's in charge of the state party. And, and what do we know about uh, why he was fired? So the only thing that's really been reported on is, and this I think was initially brought to light by the Iowa field report, which is the right wing rag that occasionally crops up to spread gossip about uh, Iowa Democrats. Um, They say that, (laughs) Zach Walls sent out an email to the rest of the Senate Dems last Friday and abruptly fired two longtime uh, members of the staff, Eric Baker and Debbie Cattenhorn. Uh, these two were working for the party or, or maybe for the Senate Democrats specifically. I don't know what their jobs were exactly, but they had been working for the Senate Dems or the party for about 20 years and Zach fired them pretty much without warning and replace them with uh new people and it pissed off everyone else in his caucus enough to get his ass fired like on the drop of a hat like they just like came together to kick him out real quick yeah it makes you wonder what's really going on there yeah i've got a gazette article pulled up by uh, aaron murphy and tom barton and they tried to like ask whoever they could more about this and it seems like the only quotes they really got were from uh, our old friend molly donahue who (laughs) may remember her as the person who had a twitter alt last year that got sort of exposed uh she was so cool running an anonymous account to like uh, smear her uh primary opponent and uh i mean all she really said was that uh this was most definitely not about one single issue so it was not just that he fired those people. I guess there's there must be more to it. It wasn't that he fired one. It was that he fired both of them. <laughs> right. It's not just one reason. It's two reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited to hear the hot goss once it comes out. I really want to know? know what else went into this. Yeah. I hope someone runs their mouth. It's because he went on uh, the the television and said, hey, uh, we want to spend money on corrections. That's the number one issue. (laughs) I don't think that would would bother him too. (laughs) I mean, I think we're more bothered by that than the Senate uh, Democrats. Yeah, they they were probably like, good job. Yeah. Well, that's funny. I'm glad that that happened to Zach Walls. (laughs) I'm mad because he's my state senator. So I had a lot of power 
since my senator was the minority leader, and now I have less <laughs> power, and I'm mad. <laughs> you Damn. voted for Zach Balls. I actually didn't. <laughs> Damn. Wow, you wouldn't vote for a Democrat, Justin? I voted yeah, for Yeah, you basically some. made fascism happen. <laughs> yeah, he he won by probably 80 points in this district, so I, I don't think he needed my help. Zach, if you do hear this episode and you are willing to run your mouth a little bit, you know where to go. We'll let you say whatever you want. You know how we talked about legitimate news sources a little bit earlier? Well, we're an illegitimate news source. That's right. You can say whatever you want, and you can say that we're lying, too. You can deny any news that comes from us because we're not a real news organization. Yeah, I heard that uh, Zach Walls actually was switching parties to Republican. Yeah, Um, I heard that, too. I, I heard that from sources. Various sources, so... Wow, yeah, breaking uh, news on this show. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, know. Um, I can add that uh, Zach Walls did not respond to a request for comment that I made, uh, you know, 30 seconds ago on... Interesting. <laughs> he hasn't responded, so can't confirm or deny. All right, so Zach Walls is now a Republican. Um, where does that leave the Democratic Party? The shocking Iowa. turn of events. They've gone from, uh, <laughs> let's see, the the Republicans have 34 seats and the Democrats have 16. So uh huge, huge shift in the power balance. Uh, it's now 35 to 15 because Zach Walls is yeah, now that's gonna be crushing for the Democrats. defected to the Iowa Republican Party. And as we all know, the uh, the Iowa Democrats are very, uh, you know, strong willed and will definitely stand up for uh you know what's right they'll do their best <laughs> yeah <laughs> um do you guys have a few more minutes should we uh can we listen to some voicemails i'm ready yeah let's do it okay the phone number is 319-849-8733 if you are a listener to this show and you have anything to share with us uh that you would like us to play on the show please feel free to call 319-849-8733 uh, here is our first voicemail of the day. This is the illustrious, godlike Brockhampton Nipper, and I have some fantastic <laughs> intel for you to distribute. Volodymyr Zelensky is responsible for the death of Shandis Nipper, who had special permission from Donald Trump to reveal the secrets of Hunter Biden and his plans to open up not one, not two, but 400 rainforest cafe locations across Eurasia and Creston, Iowa. He manipulated me into making my father drink that Pepsi because I thought it was the only way to dry out his very wet, dripping mouth. I wasn't wrong. I was tricked. And I'm blameless as always. Well, now I'm kicking back in the penthouse suite at the dorms of Romania Houston University. Beautiful blonde women in bikinis. They're fanning me with palm fronds and feeding me grapes dipped in salt. You see, I planned for this. I had this all figured out. I invested all of my $800 in the caucus coin, a cryptocurrency created by a secret fifth member of Rock Hard Caucus. That's right, you have a mole in your organization. It was me. They taught me a very <laughs> That's what they want you to know. believing in myself and never giving up like my cousins Trab and Grant did. They gave up. 
they ate spaghetti with pepper on it, and they're in a coma now. When they wake up and see what I did to their sculptures they made of you, Justin, they're going to take a nice brisk jog. Oh, it ends there. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh no! You know, who says that we're him. an illegitimate? Who says they're an illegitimate? We're an illegitimate news source. Uh, they the, they know, got him. The secret fifth member of the caucus. Uh, it's been a few months since he's been on. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I am also an investor in Cockcoin and yeah. the uh, Evan Jones NFT. Um, if anyone would like to make purchases of these, uh, please contact me. Yeah, it's currently going to the moon. Uh, that's correct. Um, There's a very we're getting, limited number of these minted. That is correct. And you can get in on the ground floor if you uh, simply PayPal me, Venmo me, uh, at least $20, uh, maybe more. And, uh, you know, we will give you uh, at least one uh, genuine cock coin. It's not mm. actually a secret uh, uh, as much as he would like it to believe. Yeah. Him referencing Zelensky, uh, I think he did anyways. He did. Um, it, it reminded me, like, back to the Davenport thing, that Newsmax used a picture <laughs> of the Davenport building, the partially collapsed building in Davenport, Iowa, and said that it was a picture of a building in Russia that got drone striked by Ukraine. Yes. I just I... want to make sure people know. <laughs> make sure we touched on that. Because I thought I was having a stroke when I watched that. To be honest, it was going yeah. worldwide. Oh my! Yeah. My audio okay, settings good. are off. Hang on, let me let me see if I can play this for you. I actually saved that clip because it was uh, very important to me. Okay, okay, let me share this video with you. Um, CJ Peterson is the first person I saw uh, post about this. Um, it was not only a picture of the Davenport building; it was an actual video. This is a clip from uh, Greta Van Susteren's show on Newsmax. Um, she used to be on Fox News, right? So she was at least in some circles uh, considered a, a serious TV news person. Now she's on Newsmax doing uh, explicit disinformation like this. A new chapter unfolding in the Russia-Ukraine war, and it's disturbing. This morning in Moscow, a city of 21 million people, there's a pre-dawn attack. Drone struck several buildings. Yeah, yeah. So she's talking about a drone strike in Russia, and uh, you know this is an audio program, but <laughs> we're looking here at uh, aerial shots of uh, the Davenport building. So and it's it, it, there's a sign in English. Says yeah. tollway zone three hundred six tenant parking only, and there appears to be a man yeah. standing there in a uh, Michael Jackson uh, jacket. Yeah, <laughs> looks like oh, he's I just thought that was Michael Jackson. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Back. They got him. Uh, yeah, no, there's lots of layers to this, but no, it, yeah, in it, yeah, seeing that clip, they they didn't just like accidentally use one picture; they used like video and picture, multiple yeah. shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. how this happens other than intentionally, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it actually just, um, the drone strike happened in the American neighborhood of Moscow. Mm -hmm. So that's why. <laughs> the sixth quad city, Moscow. Yes. Moscow, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. That's, that's a very strange clip. And I'll link to the video for people who couldn't uh, see it with us. We may need to give the nippers a little bit more, you know, time to re to record. Uh, the voicemail, I feel like, is maybe a little limited. Uh, <laughs> just something to consider, you know, like a maybe like a special line that we could give them, you know, like because 
you know, they're they're special. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot to say. I will say that I think the limit on Google Voice is like two or two and a half minutes, and that was only a minute 25. So it could have been a phone malfunction. Well, uh, they got him, so. It's true. Yeah, could it also, did seem yeah. like he was, you know, it's what they don't want you to know. Uh, Hillary may have, you know, gotten him. Mm-hmm. Also, she does that. Also, a T-shirt I saw when we were in Davenport. Uh, a woman was wearing a shirt that said, "Hillary Clinton killed my friends." <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Uh, voicemail number two. Let's move on. Hi, this is Thomas calling from Vermont. Wanted to give you guys a little break from the Chandis and Brock saga. <laughs> so I'm a chemistry student, and my one of my big goals is water quality work, and you know, kind of becoming the most hated man in Vermont. Um, so. I listen to you guys because I'm calling from, you know, the, the little blue ag state, calling the big red ag state. Um, I love that podcast with, with Chris Jones. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's doing great work, and I wish he would, were able to continue. Um, I did want to correct one little thing. Fritz Haber, terrible guy, but he was a World War One bastard. He was actually Jewish, died in 1936, never a Nazi, so it's less a case of him, like, creating Zyklon B for pure evil and more like he created it to kill bugs and help farmers and then the horrible twisted irony and, you know, a hubris that it was then used against probably members of his family. Um, still not a great guy, though, but just want to correct the record on he's, he's not quite as bad as Bosch and all the other Nazis. <laughs> um, but otherwise, keep up the good work and, you know, maybe we'll take things up enough that people will farm in a way that doesn't kill all our water. Which is I like even more than food. All right, see you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas from cool. Vermont, uh, making the bold claim that water is better than food. <laughs> I'd agree with that. <laughs> I, I do love a not uh, Iowa water. Yeah, that's no. true. Not not here. Uh, we we'd like it to be different. That podcast with uh, Chris Jones was pretty good, though. I would I I do admit that I, I did like that one. Thank you. Yeah. I actually ran into Chris Jones earlier today, too. I'm seeing all the Rock Hard Caucus fan favorites on my journeys today. Nice. And I do appreciate the clarification. They're ruining the water uh, quality. (laughs) I do appreciate the clarification on Fritz Haber, uh, creator of Zyklon B. And uh, interesting connection to the the Nipper saga, actually, when I (laughs) Googled who created Zyklon B. Just to verify the name Fritz Haber, because I didn't quite catch it in the voicemail. Uh, the first result was from University of Houston. And now we, we know Brockhampton Nipper has some connection to the uh, Romania-Houston University. So I don't know if there's some sort of Zyklon B connection there as well. Could be, could be lots of nefarious stuff going on. Uh, but once again, thank you, Thomas from Vermont. Uh, I'm glad that you somehow found our podcast from the state of Vermont. And now... Voicemail number three. This one is a, a lighter subject. Hey, Gummy Trucker out of Marion, Iowa. Long time, first time. I was just wondering who your favorite X-Men character is. I'll take my answer off the air. It's actually not the first time Kami Trucker has called in, but I do appreciate the... Uh, the hey, old, let him uh, have his fun. <laughs> the old radio tropes. <laughs> uh, he asked who is our favorite X-Men, X-Men character. Uh, anyone want to go first? Yeah, easy Wolverine next. <laughs> uh I like uh Captain Picard. The, yes, or the, the, the Captain 
the 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 the, the smart guy, the bald Captain fella. Xavier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know his name. Oh, I also like the guy whose eyeballs like shoot laser beams mm-hmm. like all the time whenever they're open. That he has to like wear cool sunglasses, otherwise, uh, he'll just blast everything he looks at. Yeah, Scott Summers, uh, Cyclops. Cyclops, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not very well versed in X Men. My X Men knowledge comes mostly from the '90s cartoon and uh, the movies. Um, obviously I have some physical resemblance to, uh, Wolverine, so I do have an affinity for him and his facial (laughs) hair choices. (laughs) Um, I also like, uh, Nightcrawler is a pretty cool character, the teleporting, uh, German imp. He's a nice, I I think any of them with, uh, with accents was kind of fun, you know, like Colossus, Nightstalker, et cetera. You know, it's like, it, it adds a little bit to the character. Yeah, um, uh, Gambit, he's got sort of a Cajun accent. That's a fun one. Yeah, I think he's very problematic, if I recall, towards (laughs) women. Yeah, I think he is a bit of, he's kind of pushy, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, this is a controversial, um, I, I enjoy the character Deadpool. He's not officially a member of the X-Men. Uh, he's not even technically a mutant in the same way that the, uh, the official X-Men are. But he is frequently associated with them, and I do like him, uh, despite a lot of his very cringy uh, writing in many of the comics. <laughs> Justin, mm. you, you might consider yourself a little Reddit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> only on a few. I, I do share some. Uh, some. I, I didn't <laughs> mean to own you like that. <laughs> I, mean, I apologize. I, I apologize. It, it's, it's okay. Sometimes I have Reddit too. Yeah. It it happens to the best of us. I'm not uh I'm not trying to disparage anyone. <laughs> I'm just saying it's something that happens. I'm going to dig deeper. I enjoy the Joe Kelly Deadpool series from the 90s the most. I uh, also appreciate uh Jerry Duggan's uh Deadpool writing of the the mid 2010s. <laughs> okay, is that specific enough for you? Is that more or less Reddit? Uh yeah, I'm fine with it. See, I I I you have a reason, and uh, you know you have you have preferences, which I appreciate. Uh, um, however, unfortunately, it is tainted by the Ryan Reynolds uh, epic uh, Deadpool character now. Yeah, and I will uh, out myself as uh, appreciating those movies as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're fine. I'm fine with it. Whatever. We're all a yeah. little. We're all a little Reddit at heart. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Reddit, we're going to now hear from an old friend with the final voicemail of the night. Hey. Hello, Rock Starters. Uh, it's me. Your favorite co-host and everyone's favorite state auditor. Or at least I was everyone's favorite. Now that SF478 is lost, no one is going to care one whit about little old me. I'm sure you saw all my tweets about it. Thankfully, it was a very slow news week in Iowa, so my plight was able to get all the attention it deserved. I'm just so glum about the whole thing. I was laughing at first, <laughs> but now I think I'm getting depressed. All those Buggish city clerks and neighborhoods like Wet Cheer or McCloakada are going to have be having the time 
years of their lives now that I can't toss them away for 80 years over $200. <laughs> it's just so, so, so gosh darn silly. Excuse my foul language. I know you're a Christ-centered podcast. That's well, right. I should probably get going. I haven't tweeted in a few hours, after all. Uh, toodles, everyone. Thank you for the call, Mr. Sand. I'm sorry to hear you in such a sorry state. Yeah, that, that law that passed is, uh, I'm going to come out and say it, it's bad. It's actually bad. It's that pretty the, brave of you to say. <laughs> it, it does seem to be a bad script of authority. Yeah, yeah, it does seem to be pretty bad, and it is definitely politically motivated. And it seems like everyone has accepted that, uh, and yet somehow Rob Sands still seems like a sad sack. Yeah, that's that's just the nature of power, I guess. Uh, even when everyone knows that the there's uh, unfair motivation behind something, they can still oh, well. do it. <laughs> Nothing mm-hmm. you can you. really do to stop them. <laughs> yeah, they have a super majority because every Iowa Democrat is, I think, required to get a frontal lobe lobotomy when they're elected into office. And so, you know, it, they're, yeah. <laughs> so sorry that happened to you, Rob Sand. Rob, we love you. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, keep calling in. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though you sound like Pennywise right now. <laughs> you know, that... <laughs> It, it was kind of it was kind of Reddit like it could have been a little bit more Joker, yeah. Um, Joker is pretty Reddit, right? Imagine if Rob oh, Sand yeah, yeah. was the Joker. He's getting close. <laughs> is he okay, an X Men? If you think about yeah. it, dude, dude, no, no, uh, Whack Balls is going to be the next Joker. Yeah, oh my definitely. God. Be- uh, like this is his villain origin. He story. strikes me like, more he's... of a Two Face, to be honest. I don't know why. <laughs> I it just you know because he's a politician. I feel like. Well, I suppose Rob Sanders, yeah, too. Right. I, I apologize. Well, Rob, he, you know, as soon as the the bill passed, that means that he can no longer request documents from the governor or some shit, <laughs> whatever the actual specifics are of that law. Uh, he tweeted something like a video, like a selfie video of him laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Which is pretty yeah. jokery. You know, laughing you need to put that in bad? here. Whoa. Yeah, maybe we'll put that clip here of uh, Rob laughing at the corruption. We uncovered a record amount of waste, fraud, and abuse. Republican insiders in Iowa, they're now responding by literally making it so that state agencies can hide documents from the auditor's office. (laughs) It's so corrupt that it's actually kind of funny. He's not mad. He's actually laughing. Taking one step closer to the full jokerfication of Rob Sand. And that's all we got for voicemails tonight. Uh, thank you guys for uh, fielding those calls with me. Yeah, no problem. At least it's uh, pretty cool that we got some DC characters that are, uh, you know, getting into our local government. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, the number is 319-849-8733. Uh, you can call in and ask about uh, your teams of mutants that you like. Uh, you can pretend to be someone you're not uh, as people do call and do that sometimes uh, you can call from other states as far away as vermont anyone's welcome here on the voicemail segment of rock hard caucus and uh, a recent development you can also now mail us physical items at p.o box 5336 in coralville iowa zip code 52241 p.o box 5336 
Coralville, Iowa, 52241. Uh, no one has uh, taken the opportunity yet, but uh, I had to pay for the thing, so we might as well use it. Send Justin a love letter. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you send... This is a kind of an old thing that people used to say in commercials a lot. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope to P.O. Box 5336, Coralville, Iowa, 52241, and I will send you um, some stickers that we've had for going on three years now. We have got Rock Hard Caucus stickers coming out our asses. We we need places to send these, so... <laughs> Do it now. Sign up yeah. now. Do it now. <laughs> That's right. Don't wait. You can also sign up for a seven-day free trial of our Patreon now. That's a new feature. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash Rock Hard Caucus. Uh, free trials. Uh, you know, we do, we do uh, extra stuff on there if, you, if you're the type of person who spends money on podcasts. A nerd, in other words. Uh, That's right, listeners. We're talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not a promise, but Natalie told me that she and Stella may be doing a new Toxic Feminine Mystique episode sometime soon. I don't know about what or when they plan to do it, but pretty exciting. It's, cool. It's been at least six, seven months since they did one, so it's a momentous occasion. And Justin, tell us about uh, the additional content you're making and putting on the Patreon. Is there any upcoming episodes of your uh, your book club or uh, you know any other exciting Sonic-based content? <laughs> well, we are planning on reading a, a Sonic the Hedgehog miniseries uh, that we'll talk about sometime soon. But also, you guys can see this. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm showing Alan and Oliver a book I just started reading called Ambitions. A novel by Joseph Dobrian. The Dobrain himself. That's a pretty thick-looking book. Um, yeah, he's pretty long-winded. Uh, it is 424 pages. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we'll be getting to that eventually. Is there anything else? Uh, Oliver, you got some shows coming up. Do you want to let people know about them? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I play in a couple bands. Uh, <laughs> people, um, I play in too many of yeah. them yeah. um by the time this broadcast probably uh the shows might have already happened well, i'm gonna try to get it out tonight right now because i know that there's a oh. thing this weekend oh yeah well this weekend june 9th and 10th there's kind of like a punk festival going on in iowa city it's called pokies fest um put on by the runner of the person who runs pokies tapes around here um lots of local bands um inner like uh, national touring bands, that type of stuff. It should be pretty fun. It's going to be at the James Theater and Purgatory, which Purgatory is a house venue across the street from the James Theater, which puts on pretty pretty awesome shows. Yeah. And Oliver, so, what will you be playing in? I play in a new band called Boot Camp. Mm -hmm. And you'll be playing it at this weekend? Tomorrow. Oh my god. By tomorrow, I mean Friday, June 9th at yes. James Theater starting at 9 o'clock. I also play in a straight-edge hardcore band called Chain of Command that's going to be playing on the same show, so I'm doing double duty. <laughs> I'm going to be very sweaty, and I'm going to feel like I have to barf, but it'll it'll be awesome. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm working until, like, right before that show is supposed to start, so hopefully I'll be able to catch you, but I can't guarantee it. I'm sure you will. Yeah. This is going to go on punk time for sure. Like the show's probably not going to start till 9:30 at the latest. Cool. Or yeah. at the earliest. Yeah. Um I'll run over after work. Nice. Well, thank you Alan and Oliver for joining me uh talking about um 
something not fun at all, and then something pretty funny. Zach, yeah. the Zach mm-hmm. Balls. <laughs> My pleasure. Zach Balls. Yeah. Good to, balls. good to talk to you guys. Black Balls. Um, hey, I have this uh, CD that Oliver gave me with uh, songs that don't no one can hear yet unless they have the CD. Can I play one of these tracks to close the show? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Do it. Do you care which one I play? No, whichever one you want to play. Okay. I think I'm going to play Nightmares. That's a good song. All right. So here's uh, <laughs> here's Nightmares by Death Kill Overdrive to close us out. Thanks for listening and uh, be good, everyone. Hi. Bye bye. Thank you. Why am I still talking?